Podcast Answer Man, episode number 125. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and we're here again, once again, this week in front of a live internet audience as I record live all day, every Thursday, from 7.30 in the morning now until 5 o'clock in the evening, bringing to you content from gspn.tv. Today, we're going to talk about bit rates and a whole lot more. And of course, I'm going to just start things off with a little feedback that I got in from my good friend Scott Herzog over at the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Here's what Scott had to say. Cliff, this is Scott Herzog from the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. We just chatted the other day. I just went through the 100-point tune-up with you, and let me tell you, it was absolutely incredible. Now, I'd been podcasting for about a year here and, you know, going along my merry way. Some of the shows I was, I've been doing with, without a host, some of them with a host, the Sci-Fi Diner podcast I do with a host. Now, one of the things you'll discover as at least I discovered going along my podcast, while I got a lot of good feedback on the content and every once in a while when my audio was really skewed or something wasn't working in the website, you know, I heard about that and I was able to correct that. But, I didn't get any real good feedback over that year as to what I was doing well, especially from someone that I really respected in the industry. And I didn't really get any good feedback on, oh, here's your feed's great, your audio's great, your, your website's great, or you need to work on that. And so that I was looking for that. When, when Cliff gave the opportunity to run through the 100-point tune-up uh, for podcasters, I jumped at it. This was something that I wanted to do because I thought about consulting with Cliff for quite some time, but I wasn't quite sure how that would look and exactly what I wanted, but I knew this was something that I wanted to do. I wanted to say, okay, here's what I've been doing for 29 episodes. What do you think? And and he told me what he thought. He told me the good. He told me the bad, the ugly. He told me the stuff that was working really well in my podcast and that and those things which while we're necessarily bad, would really help my podcast. And that's what I was looking for. And and I got his undivided attention on my podcast, on the feed, on the audio, everything. He just gave it to me and spent a lot of time with me just making it work. It was well worth $149, which, by the way, I believe is a bargain, to run through the process of the 100-point tune-up. So if you're a podcaster out there and you're just debating it, it is worth it. It will it'll give you a direction in your podcast, things to work on, not, nothing that you necessarily need to change overnight, but stuff that needs to be worked on to kind of move your podcast forward. That's what I found. So, Cliff, thank you so much for providing this to the GSBN community, and we look forward to a lot, of, a lot more goodness out of you, Cliff. Thank you so much. Bye. Scott, thank you so very much for that awesome feedback. And, folks, let me tell you, I love doing these uh, 100 point inspections or 100 point evaluations of folks' podcasts. It, you know, like Scott said, you know, he's been somebody that's been podcasting for just over a year now. And, and I will tell you, he's, he's got a great show. In fact, I would encourage you to go to sci fi diner.com, I believe is the website. And, uh, it's one of the things that we did talk about is his domain, but, uh, it's sci fi diner.com. As I go in here and mute the uh, ringer for right now. 
anyway, he's got a great podcast. If you're a science fiction fan of any at, at, at any length whatsoever, this is a great podcast. It, it sounds great. He has he and his co-hosts. Uh, they have a they have a lot of great chemistry together. They have they don't sit there and just chat away, chat away. Actually, just uh, just wasting their time, you know, and wasting your time as a listener. They actually have a lot of great insight. They have a lot of wonderful commentary on the various topics that they talk about. They also have a very great um, uh, format for their show. They're they're very they're very laid out, organized. They know what you kind of get a good feel for what they're going to talk about, when they're going to talk about it. And uh, overall, a wonderful show. And as Scott said, there were several things that I, I did with him and, and pointed out some things that would probably help tweak things to, to the point where it might be a little bit better. We talked a lot about the audio and, and some things he could do there as far as uh, people and their, their you know length away from the microphones. We talked about the website some things that might help as far as uh, adding some additional features or maybe even highlighting a few features in a different way on his website. Uh, one of the things I noticed right away, and and Scott, congratulations on getting this done immediately. Uh, if you go to sci-fi diner, sci-fi-diner.com, uh, if you go there right now, Right at the very top, in the middle, you are going to see a player button, a flash player button at the top. He has some wonderful, he does wonderful show notes for his show. I mean, absolutely, probably the most thorough show notes I've I've seen to date, or at least among the most thorough show notes that I've seen to date. I, I, Joe, over there at growingagreenerworld.com, he does some very thorough notes as well. Uh, all the way to putting an entire transcript of a show practically. And so uh, there are several people that are doing this well. And one of the things that I noticed is when I went to go listen for some various podcasts that I wanted to tune into, I noticed that it was it just took me forever to scroll down. And at the point where I was about halfway or three quarters of the way through, I was beginning to wonder, maybe perhaps there just isn't a Flash player. And then I started searching for, you know, I scrolled back up and started scrolling searching for maybe a little link that said I could click to download it. Finally, I, I, I scrolled way back down again, got to the bottom of the show notes, and saw that that little tiny flash player just hidden away at the very bottom of the section of show notes. And so just something as simple as putting the flash player right on top says, you know, hey, there's going to be a lot of people. In fact, one of the things that I was able to uncover in our call was that people are coming to him Via Google, people are actually searching for uh, interview, uh, you know, Adrian Wilkinson interview, and people are actually throwing those keywords into Google, and that episode's going to pull up, and if all of a sudden somebody comes to your site, instead of, you know, expecting to maybe read an article about an interview, if they see a play button, and they hear the audio, and actually physically hear the or maybe audibly hear the interview with the person they were searching for how awesome is that and so just some wonderful little things here and there tweaks and uh one of the things that really blessed me was the fact that you know after working with scott and some of these other folks it really did help me to feel like you know what this is worth 149 dollars. in fact one of the things i can tell you is that it includes an hour of consulting and 
Uh, but, you know, there was enough that we wanted to cover that we went beyond an hour. And, of course, I don't charge anything extra for that. So uh, if you're looking for somebody to do a 100-point inspection or inter- uh, evaluation of your sh- podcast, I'd love to do that. It's $149. And, uh, yeah, it, just get in touch with me. Feedback at gspn.tv is the easiest email to contact me. In the chat room, I see Andy Traub is in there, and he's saying, hey, what's the topic today? Well, the topics, topic for the day is actually going to be bit rate and bit rates and more, and I'm going to get to a recorded conversation that I had a, uh, last night with a good friend of mine, Daniel Lewis. That's the main focus of today, but I do have some other feedback, and we're just randomly going through those. So the next one here is a call that I got from Ray, and he wants to tell us about his high PR40 and some other equipment. Hello, Cliff. Ray Valdivinos. We spoke a week ago on a Saturday morning, rather early, probably around 7 in the morning, your time, I'm thinking. And we did uh, kind of a spontaneous equipment consultation. And uh, at that time, I was thinking about incorporating phone calls of broadcast quality, which uh, I will address at a later date, but went with the suggestion of the PR-40, And I like it. I've tried several things with it since I got it yesterday. And I want you to know that I have listened to only several of your podcasts up to this point, but have gleaned something important from each, uh, PR40 being one, then also recording to my digital recorder instead of to my laptop or my desktop. I haven't noticed a great deal of difference in the recording quality or any background noise or anything, but it is, I must say, a lot more convenient. I can work uh, in various places in the house as opposed to feeling rather bolted down to one location. So I want to thank you again, and I will be getting back to you to add additional equipment to my system to continue my podcasts. Thanks again. Ray, thank you so much, and your your voice is coming through loud and strong with the uh, high LPR 40, and uh, congratulations on that. Thank you very much for purchasing and also giving me the audio feedback and I listened to it there and I'll tell you what there was no sound noise or anything like that in the background which is excellent now you didn't mention whether or not you were recording to the Edderall which I assume that you were although uh, you could have been recording into the computer and possibly have the same exact quality of of no sound in the background just want to make a couple notes there for those who are listening. Uh, I personally will never record audio into a computer again if I can uh, get by without doing so. If I have the equipment that, that would allow me to not record into a computer uh, software program, I will not do it. I, it it's just not going to happen anymore for me at all. Now, one of the benefits of recording straight from going to your from your microphone into your mixer into your digital audio recorder, one of the benefits is that about 80% of the time, and it's only 80%, it's not 100%, obviously in Ray's case, it's his he's one of the 20% who are very lucky to not have ground loop noise or interference coming from the internal workings of his computer that actually send noise down in through his uh, internal sound card. But for 80% of the people who try to record audio into their computer, they spend a lot of time trying to filter out noise or putting things through a noise reduction process because there's a little hum or a little hiss or a little static that's in the background. I was working with a client 
just yesterday, actually, who had everything all plugged up exactly the way it should be hooked up. And we were hearing some, you know, some hissing and stuff like that from his laptop being plugged in. It's just really bad ground noise. And sometimes if you are, and of course, if he was to unplug his USB from the Skype computer that he had, um, it, it got rid of a lot of that. And so there, there are a couple things here and there, but you got to watch out for that, that background noise. Now for, for him, for Ray, it was not an issue whatsoever, but there are still other benefits. Let me tell you some of the other benefits of recording to a digital audio recorder instead of going into a computer. Uh, the second major benefit is the fact that there are no computer crashes, none whatsoever. Uh, there, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to see a beach ball spinning beach ball. You're not going to see a blue screen of death. And maybe in either case, you don't even have those issues. Maybe you just have software that locks up, freezes up. It happened to me only on about three occasions that I really remember back in my early days of podcasting back in 2005. Um, I remember just being devastated absolutely devastated one of the recordings that i did was a very important interview i mean it took me a very long time to line the interview up it was somebody that as far as my as far as i'm concerned it was like a major celebrity in my eyes uh he was an author of a a very popular book and and i wanted to interview him and i got the chance to interview him interview was going great and about three-fourths of the way through the recording uh, the 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 software crashed. It, it just locked up. It didn't give me a blue screen of death. There was no, I mean, there was just no ifs, ands, or buts. It was simply, it was simply not recording anymore. It just stopped. So in that case, I was able to recover uh, using the software that I had. I was able to recover the amount of the interview that I had, but I lost the last qu- the last twenty five percent of the interview, and I was not able to to recapture that. And to be honest with you, it, it was so bad. Uh, th- there was the the convers we had wrapped. I mean, we had brought an entire conversation to a conclusion in that last quarter of the the recording, and. And and that podcast just never got released. In fact, I ultimately ended up just deleting the whole thing. It was it was worthless, and I was devastated. I I, I felt horrible, and I've also lost some other recordings. There were times when we were recording episodes of the Weekly Lost podcast back in the day. You know, thirty five minutes into it, and boom, the entire thing goes out. And the only option we had at the time was to reboot the system. Start it, everything back up, reset, recalibrate all the internal audio settings. And that's another thing. Another benefit is uh, one of the things that you'll notice is that when you use a lot of different things that control your audio sound card settings, uh, you may get your settings just right for your recording software. But if you go and and a week later, you come back to your computer, if some other uh, computer programs have been playing around with your internal settings on your sound card as far as the volume levels and all that stuff, you have to go through and reset all those things. You don't have to do that with the digital editor recorder or any digital recorder for that matter. But anyway, I, I had lost several things and just happened to re-record and it's just never as fresh the second time around. Even if everybody's still there, even if you have the same set of show notes, the 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 same spark, the same energy is not there when you're repeating things the second time. So uh, 
yeah, not having computer crashes is another benefit. Some other benefits of having a digital audio recorder is if you only have one computer, uh, what's really neat is, you know, all the audio clips, like the, the voicemails that you've heard so far today, those were recorded right, just like my voice, right into the digital audio recorder. Those were not put in or will not be put in in post-production. It's the, the music you heard at the front of the show. That is all happening live right now. And everything I say is going into the digital audio recorder. And when I'm finished with this show, I hit stop. I transfer it over to the computer. I run one little process in Adobe Audition. Uh, and then I save that. And then I actually um, tag it and upload it to the internet. This podcast is literally able to be published to the web within 10 minutes of me hitting the stop button. And uh, that's another benefit of the digital of recording into a digital audio recorder. And then there's the other one, which and, and it's my favorite, is the ability to go out and record some amazing interviews with folks. Um, and, and I'm talking, you know, I had another client call up just the other day. And was talking about, um, you know, hey, I'm looking at going out and doing doing some field recording. I'm going to a, this conference, and I'd love to be able to record some interviews with people. You know, can you get me a, a a price on a mic, you know, a mixer, an interview microphone, and um, you know, and and I'll what I'll do is and all the cables necessary to hook it all into my laptop to record. And through the conversation, we talked about a lot of things, and it as it turned out. We decided, you know, that's probably not the best route. It's not going to be the most portable. It's going to be a pain in the butt. And so he ended up getting an Edderall R-09 portable digital recorder that would fit in his pocket. He he ordered it. He As soon as he got it, I told him to give me a call. I'd love to spend 20 minutes with him on the phone. I'll walk him through every single setting, teach him what all the buttons do. And he's on his way. Matter of fact, he had, he had requested it be overnight shipped to him, which, by the way, that stuff's expensive. So... It, you're better off just letting it go three to four days and let me pay for the shipping on that. But anyway, he got it overnighted. He got it in time. He's out today at a conference and he's recording interviews. And it it's, it's nice. And if, so it kind of doubles up. Not only do you have something to record some really awesome audio in your studio, but just unplug it, put some AA batteries in there and stick it in your pocket and you're ready to do field recording. And uh, I know it's I've done this before, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to just uh, pause right here while I pull up some audio clips. I'm going to give you some examples of what kind of uh, sound you can get out of an Edderall. All right, so I found one of the notes that I have here or one of the interviews that I've done in the field. And by the way, I just want to let you know, this recording that you're about to hear is with uh, two members of the Diva cast that I met at podcast PodCamp Nashville a couple years ago. And in this room was lots of people. And the concern a lot of people have when they say field recording and, and you got this handheld recorder, what's the audio quality going to be like? And, and am I going to be able to hear you? And, and are we going to be able to hear each other? And just have a listen to this. I'm just going to play just a little bit from this point right here. Yeah. Once or twice. Yes. You email. guys emailed several times. Uh, I've listened to probably two or three of your guys' podcasts. I wish I could listen to more. And Did I th- your ears bleed? No, no, not at all. <laughs> you guys have so much fun, and, and I think that that's the beauty of podcasting. So there are, what, four or five of you? Five, five divas. So there are five divas, and just tell us about it. I mean, people have always, you guys always hear me, so I'm going to let them talk. Well, we are five friends. We got together about ten years ago, and... Um, 
just just um, to, to be, I don't know, we we're trying to get a deeper friendship. And then um, one of the divas, Suzanne, got cancer, and that sort of bonded us on a deeper level. And then after her, after she got a clean bill, bill of health, she decided to go back to school. And part of her uh, thesis, she decided to do via podcasting instead of writing. Oh. So that got her into the world of podcasting. And one day she said, "I think we should all we should take the divas to the uh, to the airwaves." And most of us didn't even know what podcasting was. Mm-hmm. I think I was the only one. Right. Um, but we did, and we've it's just been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun. We've been we've been podcasting now for about a year and a half. Right. Oh wow. We have o- over eighty episodes out there, and um, all right, and of course. Now today they have over a hundred episodes out there, the Diva Cast. But anyway, you get to see, you get to hear the audio quality. Now, what's going on there? You have ambient noise. If you listen to that, it kind of makes you feel like you're you're there. You're you're involved in the conversation because there is ambient noise. There is you there were you could if you go back and listen to it again, you'll hear folding chairs being collapsed at the end of the day. You'll hear people talking in the background, but not to you know we're not so close to people that it's picking up their conversation. So so you really get a great feel for that. Um, one of the things that I like about using the Edderall recorder and now some, uh, another great way to do this is to actually go to a place where you can sit down and have lunch with somebody or talk with somebody over a cup of coffee or whatever the hap- uh, case may be. And I'm going to pull up another audio clip here just to give you another sample of a conversation like that. All right, so I found another one here. And by the way, yet another benefit of the Edderall R-09 digital audio recorder is that I am not editing this show at all. And I am using the pause button on the Edderall recorder. So when you had heard me stop there just a second ago, I hit pause and then I hit unpause and I'm talking again. So Anyway, here is, this is a time when I, this really is not an interview, so it's not going to sound like an interview. In fact, all I did was I went to lunch with a friend of mine. His name's DG. He and I were just sitting down at lunch having a normal everyday conversation. I recorded the whole thing, put it out as an episode of a show I called, uh, do called My Crazy Life. And uh, have a listen to this. This is just us having normal conversation. If I was doing an interview, Probably would have talked a little bit louder, but because we were just normal conversation, I didn't really care about the volume levels. But you get the feel for just a little bit of the ambient noise in the background. Angry about it was not going to change and make make it work all of a sudden. Yeah, well, and so true. it's like yeah, I, I'll I'll sleep on it. I'll feel better tomorrow. I, I've got it set up to where I've done some work around. It's going to work for our about the church podcast. Yeah, and it works great today. Yeah, okay. yeah. The only thing is that for me, I noticed it didn't have. All right, and the one thing I am noticing here is I actually took that that audio and I compressed that down to 56 kilobits per second. So that's actually really low uh, quality. In fact, let me give you a, a better sample of something with... Uh, here's Mexican Lunchcast. Let me check and see if I can find a little bit of clip here. This one was done at 128 kilobits. Mammoth K is bigger. Yeah? Yeah, like that's what I heard. Or at least at least it has a larger like main cave. Yeah, you know that like the Carlsbad Caverns might be a greater network of caves. Okay, but not not the largest as far as like one big huge open space. Well, I'll tell you, Mammoth Cave is a lot of fun. Now there are some cave tours that I don't even think I can get through. We have to crawl, and I'm not claustrophobic, but man, I don't like to be in some real tight situations for long periods of time. 
I had a when I went in for my surgery back in January. I had that. Uh, was it uh, uh, almost like a CAT scan or an, M- oh, no, yeah, MRI. an, an MRI? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was weird. So yeah, there, yeah. All right, so there you go. That that is just gives you a little bit of a sample. You you hear the you hear that there's a, a, an ambient noise in the background, and it and it kind of gives you the surrounding of that you know you're there uh, that you feel like you're sitting at and having lunch with us rather than hearing the echo of a room. Now, if you want to hear the example, now you can still go into a quiet room. I usually suggest people with a digital audio recorder. Uh, you don't go... I usually suggest that you do not go into a, a quiet room in a, in a silent place to go have your conversation. The reason why is because you get a little bit of an echo in your in your recording. Now, I am going to give you an example, however, of a session that I did. It was uh, at PodCamp Ohio, and this is a breakout session. So basically, I got together with, uh, I think it was Robin Maiden, who is the person who produces the DivaCast, my friend Allison Lucan from up in Columbus, Ohio, Daniel Lewis, uh, who we're going to hear from in just a few minutes, and also our friend uh, Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm going to just forward into this a little bit and find a little spot here and give you a sound, uh, a a sample of what an, an Edderall just sitting on the table in the middle of a group of people might sound like in a in an empty room that's quiet with nobody else. What are you using? Where are you hosting your media files? How much do you pay for this? Have you tried this? Really a lot of valuable information that, uh, honestly, I'm hearing that there are people out there that for their trade or their industry or whatever their hobby is, if they go, number one, they pay lots of money for entry fees into these um, these conferences. conferences, you know, mm-hmm. as much as two, $3,000 for some of them, depending on how big they're into that hobby. And you think about the technology that, that supports and, and is behind what all we're doing, and the fact is, is that this conference is absolutely free, mm-hmm. and all this information is just... Okay, I'm just waiting for me to stop talking so you can hear the other people. Really awesome. You know, talking about walking up to people that you don't know and just introducing yourself and asking, you know, starting a conversation. i got to tell you what I did this morning, though, when we got here, is in the lounge area, there's this coffee machine there. It's got all of these different coffees listed, and it has this one. And so now I'm going to see if I can wait until somebody else breaks into the conversation. And so uh, Fleegon was there, and he works at a coffee shop. And so you know, I asked him, "Well, from your professional opinion, is this coffee or is this cappuccino?" And then he went on some rant about, "Well, it's really neither because you can't get real cappuccino from a machine, but it tastes less like coffee that way, so I like it." But anyway, so. I didn't know if this was just French vanilla coffee. All right. So anyway, you you get the feel of what it sounds like. You hear the little bit of the echo in the room and 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 stuff like that. But there there's so much more. In fact, let me just give you another example. I know this is just showing off the Edderall here, but I would love to uh, give you a little bit of a sample of what it sounds like when I'm doing. You know, I, I love what Daniel said in the chat room. He's here today in the chat room. He says, "Just imagine this. What if you could record a podcast? How many pod? How many more podcasts would you record?" If you could record a podcast anywhere, and uh, that's exactly what I do. Somebody, oh, somebody on Facebook said, "Just imagine, Cliff, if only you could." Because I, I do a lot of walking every day. I've been walking about three and a half miles to seven miles a day on uh, five days a week. And somebody said said something on Facebook the other day. They said, "Hey, could you imagine what it would be like if you could podcast and walk at the same time?" And uh, so, have a listen to this. 
Hey everybody, Cliff Ravenscraft here with another episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life. It is Sunday evening and I'm doing another walk cast during the night. And the reason for that is, well, it's been a busy weekend. Now I want to tell you that some great things have happened and I've got a lot to talk about and I'm going to try to do it without this battery running out on me. One of the things I'm learning about these rechargeable batteries is that they're great, but by golly, you leave them, you know, once you fully charge them and then you take them off the charger, if they sit around for a week, they sure do go dead when you use them. So anyway. All right. So there you go. And uh, the one one last thing that I'll share with you, and that is, have you ever gone and kind of spoke somewhere? Have you have you ever gone and kind of gave a speech? And, you know, sometimes they're supposed to record it and sometimes they do record it and it sounds awful or sometimes they're supposed to record it and they forget to record it or you just never see it materialize anywhere ever. Well, with an Edderall recorder, you could actually just, whenever you're speaking, you just set it down on the podium right next to you as you're talking and you could have a copy of something that might sound something like this. Okay. Now, I All used right. to... Actually, here we go. I used to, the, how much insurance did I sell? I was in the top 50 out of 14,000 insurance agents in the country. So, I mean, just to tell you what I felt about, about insurance, I loved it until podcasting came along. Until podcasting. I lost all passion for insurance. As soon as I got into podcasting, most people's marriages go down the drain. No, it was my career. I, 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 all I could think about was podcasting. My, my family was still first. My kids were still first. The, but the insurance career, oh, no. It used to be 10 hours a day at the insurance office. No, it's eight hours at the day if you're lucky. And half of that's probably spent interacting with the community of people that are in my podcast. And then when I get home, I spend the time with family. And then at night, I go down and record shows. It, it was crazy. All right. So Anyway, so you get a feel for the versatility. Uh, is it versatility? Is that right? Versatility, maybe. Versatility, perhaps, uh, of the Edderall recorder. So, uh, Ray, I <laughs> thank you for leaving your feedback, but I just want to let you know, if, if you're not seeing the benefit of having crystal clear, absolutely no noise floor, just wanted to remind you that there are lots of other awesome uh, benefits of having that digital Edderall recorder. And not that you were calling and complaining, just wanted to remind everybody else out there and of course hopefully if anybody else is interested just know that you can buy that directly from me at podcastanswerman.com all the information to contact me is there on the site now i got another voicemail that i want to play for you and then we're going to get into the bitrate discussion that i had with uh daniel lewis and this question comes in from john wilkerson and so let's see here hi cliff this is john wilkerson from the jesus geek podcast and i've got a little a cause that I've sort of started with my podcast and on Facebook. It's called Podcasting for Water. And there's information about it over at water.jesusgeek.info. And I was just wanted to get some ideas from you, kind of pick your brain about what you thought could be done to really generate interest. I generate a little bit of interest in the cause, and I've raised a good amount of money for this cause that benefits Living Water International. But I just feel like more people could be reached. So I was just wondering what you thought, what kind of ideas you had to really solidify the base and really generate some more interest for the podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening to this and thanks for responding. Bye. All right, John, thank you for calling in. Um, 
you know, as far as getting more exposure, uh, I, I think what you just did, number one, is the best thing you can do. I, I think just getting the word out, uh, asking other people, telling other people, say, you know, the, how many podcasters are there out there? Did you know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there? And and all you have to do is is connect with people in the community and chances are a good majority of those people will share your same values and principles and if you have a a cause that you are trying to promote that will help benefit people and certainly the bringing clean drinking water to to other uh, other people who who basically would die without having clean drinking water uh, it's certainly, certainly something that a lot of people would be willing to help promote. And as far as uh, getting the word out, I think asking podcasters to maybe play a promo every now and then or, uh, you know, doing some roundtable discussions, stuff like that. W- one of the things that I had asked you back in the email when you had emailed this to me was, you know, is did you do a podcast for this purpose or... You know, is this just something you're doing with your podcast? One of the things that I might consi- would might suggest, and of course you do whatever you want, but one of the things that I would suggest is um, creating a, a a podcast called Podcasting for Water. And what what I would see in something like that is if you if you had like podcastingforwater.com and you create a podcast called Podcasting for Water. And what you do is you invite people to come into panel discussions and talk about the need for clean drinking water or something like that and and bring in other podcasters. And one of the things that would be very beneficial is to to bring in those podcasters and then those podcasters would probably be more likely to be invested into the message itself. So... Um, I definitely see a lot of possibilities there. Obviously, um, connecting with people on Twitter, with Facebook's social networking, uh, creating YouTube videos. Uh, I'll tell you what, when it comes to showing people in need, uh, I've actually, I'm very familiar with, with a lot of the, the organizations out there that, that provide these wells where you can buy a well for a thousand dollars and, and provide people clean drinking water and stuff like that. Uh, anytime I've ever been approached with that, I've always seen some very moving and very touching video that's been shown. And and you can get your hands on that and have that have people blog about it and put together a promotion a promotional video on YouTube about this and information about how people can donate and, you know, tune into the the podcasting for water podcast or Whatever the case may be, but those are just some ideas off the top of my head. I really don't know what else to tell you other than, you know, it, it, just be creative. Uh, absolutely be creative. And I found that the best thing to do is to continue to just build relationships with people and and find other people who are passionate about your, your uh, work that you're doing. And when you find somebody else that shares your passion, chances are they may actually end up being more of an advocate than yourself. And sometimes it just takes somebody starting it and then kind of uh, standing out of the way and letting them run with it as as you continue to cheer them on. And and, and so you just never know who might be out there. But uh, I encourage people to check it out. I, I, I love the, the idea of creating a cause for, for podcasting to help give water to people who would die without it. And uh, that that is awesome stuff. So... 
Thank you very much for calling in. I'll tell you what, I'm going to move straight into the the main point of this episode. This is a conversation that I had just last night with Daniel Lewis. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, basically last week I had a question about bit rates and... You know, the question is 264, the same, you know, 264 stereo files left and right. Is that the same as, you know, uh, a single mono channel of 128? And I'll be honest with you. I want to tell you just can I be honest and be real with you and say that I struggled a little bit last week on whether or not I should share just how how much or how little I understand every single detail about audio processing because you know oh God forbid that people doesn't don't look at Cliff and see him as the expert uh, but you know what there I'm still learning a lot of this stuff myself go back to well you may not want to go back to episode number one but go back to episode number one and listen to what I sounded like when I first started this podcast and uh, you know I I am not. You know, I am I, I don't know every single thing there is to know about podcasting, but that's one of the things I love doing about podcastanswerman.com is that you guys ask questions. I sometimes need to go and research these things, and I'm very excited about our community of, of people out there who are willing to also share what they know, and uh, that's why I was glad to record this conversation right here with uh, my good friend Daniel. So here it is. So everybody, I'm here with Daniel Lewis, also known as The Ramen Noodle on Twitter. And he's a great friend of mine here in the local northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. And he wanted to come by and share some thoughts on bit rates. We were talking about it a little bit last week. And what are some additional thoughts and ideas that you want to convey regarding bit rates, Daniel? Well, there were two different things that you were talking about. There was uh, Lane. Kodak versus Fraunhofer. And lame is the lame one. Yeah, but I'm going to defend it. Okay, please do. Yeah, first of all, lame is the best MP3 encoder there is. What? For for a certain style. See, MP3s are encoded two different ways. Basically, they're... Okay. There are several different ways. There's constant bit rate. There's variable bit rate. Right. Well, we'll say that those are... It's really those two different ones. It comes down to basically those two. Constant bit rate and lame are not good together. No, and that's I did. I've never tried variable bit rate before. Mm-hmm. So my experience with the lame encoder is that it is very lame at encoding con- CBR. Right bit now, rates. that's because lame was invented for VBR, which is great for music. Lame, hands down, in the tests produces the best audio files when using VBR. It's the best MP3 encoder for that so better than the Fraunhofer for VBR yes okay now Fraunhofer now what's the benefit of using VBR over CBR well VBR and CBR you take a file make it 128 kilobits per second and then bits it's 8 bits per byte so we're talking about something other than kilobytes but if you t- make a file 128 are you all taking notes here by the way <laughs> eight bits per byte go ahead yeah if a packet hits a pocket on a socket on a port <laughs> how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck chuck wood <laughs> yeah so if we take a file and encode it at 128 kilobits per second in cbr no matter what is happening it's always going it's to be always 128 taking, yeah. kilobits whether it's silence whether it's a full orchestra going. So what variable does is that it will take silence and and it will... Right, it encodes it according to what's going on at that time. Now, in variable bitrate, you have different quality selectors, like maybe just numbers, maybe 
quality names like high, medium, standard, whatever. And for example, in Lame, what I do, or in Audacity, I use the Lame encoder and I encode my MP3 files using quality setting 5. Quality setting 5 in Audacity. Yeah, which gives me a, a it says it's a bitrate between 110 and 150. So that's the range. And since it's variable, it will compress it for how much it needs during that time right. in the music or in the audio file. So if it's silence, it uses less bits. If it's, uh, if it's complex, then it uses more bits. So for lame, encoding that way produces a very nice file at about the same size and sometimes even smaller than a 128 consistent or constant bitrate file. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, so that explains the thing with lame. See, by default, Audacity exports as CBR files. Okay. And that's why things sound really bad. And I'm going to give default. you. A, I'm going to give you a plug here for the Heil PR40. You ready for this? Yes, I'm ready for any plug for the Heil PR40, which now, you can get through PodcastAnswerMan.com, where I got my Heil PR40, which right. I absolutely love. Now, I never really noticed how much the encoding was different between different MP file, MP3 files, because I wasn't sending quality audio to those files. When I got the Heil PR40 microphone from PodcastAnswerMan.com, I started to notice because I was recording much higher quality audio. So then I could hear when the encoding would give it that watery sound Mm -hmm. or not. And so that's when I started playing with constant bitrate versus variable bitrate. Now, for some reason, people think that podcasts need to be recorded in CBR. I'm not really sure why that is because every MP3 player out there can do can play. ABR. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Okay. But, well, then that's all that matters because then. that's how people are are doing their music. Okay. So, it's what's different about podcasts. Okay. Now, um, then the thing about the the numbers of uh, stereo versus mono, one twenty eight, one sixty four, that's different for each program. Okay. In Audacity, if I tell it. I want to save my file. We'll go back to a constant bit rate just okay. to keep it simple. If I tell it I want my file saved as 128K constant bit rate and it's a mono file, then it uses all 128K for that one channel. Okay. If I tell it to do it in stereo, then it uses all 128K for two channels. The file size doesn't change. Like I did a test where I had just a second of silence right. in mono and then in stereo. And the file size, as long as I kept at 128K, the file size was exactly the same because Audacity was looking at what is the total bit rate. Yes. And so it was 128 in either case. Okay. Now, so so basically switching it to mono did not change the file size. Right. But it increased the quality of it, the one channel. But it did, So if you did it in mono... Although it's the same bit rate, the quality's better in mono than it is in stereo. Right. Gotcha. The same bit rate. Did that make sense? If that didn't make sense to you, back up, listen to that statement <laughs> again, to it again. Because it does make sense if you now, actually think through that. iTunes does it differently. Okay. When you pick a quality setting in iTunes, if you bring your WAV file into iTunes and encode it so you'd end up using the Fraunhofer, um, if you encode it that way, iTunes will actually tell you it's 128K stereo or 64K mono. So iTunes is smart enough that it just does it so you will get the same quality sound. 
Yes. Not necessarily going for the bitrate. iTunes is going for the quality, so it changes the number just based on how many channels you have. Very good. So then if you take a, in terms of the listening quality of it, a 64K mono will sound about the same quality as a 128K stereo. By, for most, right, for most of these, yes. So I have a question for you. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm certain that people's minds are just like swimming now. Uh, but here's, here's the question for you. I'm in Audacity. Mm-hmm. I'm looking in here. I see nothing about CBR or VBR in Audacity settings. Now, it may be slightly different based on the Audacity version I use. I'm on the latest beta, which I okay. love the latest beta. It really improves some things. But I think it's the same for the regular release. But... Instead of going into the preferences, that's just where you set what your encoder will be. Okay. In yeah, right, and, and, it, and it also has the the bit rate written written in there as well. Now that's probably Audacity one point two. Uh, let me take a look real quick. Help about Audacity. Yes, I'm in one point two point six. Okay. Yeah, that's the latest official public release. The beta, which the beta has been extremely stable for me. So the beta is one point three. Okay. Like 1.38, 1.39, I think. In there, they moved the quality settings to a more logical place, and that is when you export your file from the file menu, you go to export, then you pick from your format, you pick MP3, and then you click the options button. When you click that options button, a little window shows up, and you have your options of different styles of encoding. You can choose variable, you can choose constant, you can choose a couple others too, but I stick with just variable or constant. So what I like to do when I encode for my podcast is I go to variable and I choose quality setting five. And this is in version 1.3. And where's that setting at? Is it when you export? Yes. When you export, you choose your format and you have an options button there. You click that options button and that's where you can choose what quality you want for your MP3 file. All right. Well, that helps out a lot. I I believe that's going to help for some folks. So Here's here's the thing. If you're using Audacity and and you want to give this a try, see how this sounds. You'll have to have the beta version 1.3 mm-hmm. of Audacity and use that variable red uh, setting on export and make sure you use quality setting five and see how that sound how that works out for you guys. Uh, if you're not using the beta version, then you'll want to use the um, the con- it will automatically use the constant bit rate. My suggestion still, if you don't have that beta version and the variable is not available to you, then you want to do at least 160 kilobytes per second yes. so you don't get the washed out sound. And of course, if you don't have, if you want to try something, uh, you know, different than that, you could always use the Fraunhofer encoder, which I found is in iTunes. Mm-hmm. And, and it course, does a great job. So that is excellent news as well. So, Daniel, thank you so much. Where You're where welcome. can fo- folks find uh, any podcast that you produce? Wh- well, what do you all produce? the podcasts I produce, which I recorded through Hi PR Forty, are just wanted to give you a plug. You're not paying me for that. No one's paying nope. me for that. Wanted to clarify that. Um, I have two podcasts. The RamenNoodle.com is my comedy podcast, and then I have a Christian critical thinking podcast at AreYouJustWatching.com. Are you just what? Is it the letter R? Either way takes you there. Really? If you spell it you out. both? Yeah. If you spell nice. it out or if you just type the letters R and U and then just watching. All right. Thank you very much, Daniel. You're welcome.
All right, so that was the conversation, my friends, and uh, sure did make my Thursday a little bit lighter <laughs> with that conversation. So, Daniel, thank you once again. And uh, for those of you who are listening right now and your brain has just turned to mush, trust me, I understand. It's a little bit complex at times. Really, honestly, I don't think that you need to know all the intricate details of CBR versus VBR uh, bit rates and all of that stuff. For those of you who are extra technical and you like to hear about all that stuff, perhaps that was beneficial to you. But uh, if you have any questions, anything like that, feel free to give me a call at area code 859-795. Uh, no, that's actually, yeah, that's a voicemail hotline. If you want to call and leave a question for Podcast Answer Man, it's 859-795-4067. Although, if you want to um, call me for consulting or equipment questions of any sort, that would be area code 859-757-1399. That is my business line, 859-757-1399. And before I go, I want to just, I do want to mention one other thing here. It's a brand new podcast launched today. Of course, I've been telling you about Social Media Serenity over at socialmediaserenity.com. If you haven't checked that one out, go check it out because if you're into podcasting, you want to be able to promote your podcast. You want to be able to build relationships with people through social networking and to be able to do that in a way that doesn't eat up your life and all your time and all your energy. But also, uh, if you happen to be promoting a podcast that's uh, connected to your business, Uh, then you want to check out the brand new podcast we just launched today over at businesstechweekly.com. That's businesstechweekly.com. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.